You're listening to StaggerCast, brought to you by Stagger Gear. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of StaggerCast. I'm uh, here tonight at my house with my buddy, Jake Pierce. Uh, Jake, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got into deer hunting and whatnot? Uh, yeah, um, I mean, I grew up in deer hunting. Um, I'm from Vermont with Isaac. We're both in southern Vermont. But uh, I grew up deer hunting, but it was more of a like a fair weather deer hunting. You know, it wasn't like climbing mountains and tracking deer. It was sitting on a rock pile waiting for a buck to walk by. So probably within the last three years, I just moved back from Colorado and um, I took started taking it more seriously. And uh, yeah. Yeah, we've we've been doing a little bit of hunting together the last few years. I actually started working for his dad's plumbing business, and that's kind of where we hit it off. And Jake, you actually were there the day I killed my buck in New Hampshire a couple of years ago. You ended up filming for that. Yeah, so I, was I, was, on, I was on the other ridge. You called me and said, get here. I got there, and I put the camera on my head, and we filmed. Yeah, you got there pretty quick, too. It must have been, what, four-mile gap probably, three, four-mile gap, something like that? Probably three, yeah. Three miles, and you were there pretty fast. But it was three miles up a ravine, down a ravine, yep. up a different ravine, but it was steep. But... And one thing to note about Jake is he's about six, three, six, two, yeah, six, two. long-legged boy. He can he can move pretty good. So Six, five arms span or whatever you call it. Yep, yep. So um, you've, you've just recently kind of gotten into deer hunting a little more seriously. Yeah. And I think you're... Uh, you're going to bring a like cool perspective to the podcast because normally we've got guys that are like full blown, like, you know, uh, established deer hunters yeah. and, and you're still like, I am as well finding our way and learning. But, um, you want to talk a little bit about, you just had some success over in New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, I shot a smaller buck over in New Hampshire opening weekend, um, we were at work opening day, so we had to wait till the first Saturday. Um, I just started bow hunting three years ago with Isaac. He's the one who got me into it. Um, he made me get a saddle and some sticks and a bow, and we just went hiking mountains looking for f- sign. And, yeah, that's kind of what I did on open weekend in New Hampshire. I got everything ready. I went over to New Hampshire. I left the house about 430 and and pause let me let me just add something real quick you had never bow hunted new hampshire before correct yeah so you were just going on a whim yeah i've never been in that chunk of woods i just looked at onyx saw something i kind of liked and i was going to go try it and if i didn't like it i was going to go on to a different piece yeah and i think that's a really important part of the story is that you you went yeah. That that's the big thing for I think people that are new at it is they overthink it too much and they're like, Oh, I don't have a spot, you know, I don't want to buy the tags, I don't wanna, you know, but you just made the leap of yeah. I'm gonna buy my tags, I'm gonna go by myself and do some deer hunting. Yeah. So, I, I told my fiance the white uh the night before, I was like, You better get my butt up because <laughs> usually I have I struggle. It's like my days off from work, so I like to sleep. Um but I have a fire under my butt this year, so yep, yeah, we wanted to. I I really wanted to go over, so that was just the plan. Yep. So uh, go. So basically, that morning you you got up early, yeah, and, and you drove over there. Do you want to take the story? Yeah. That? Um. I woke up. I drove over and um. I pulled in at daylight because, like I said, I've never been in that chunk of woods before, so I didn't want to go in there just chomping around in the dark aiming pointlessly so i waited for legal shooting light before i went up and i started making my way up this finger um i was checking saddles checking checking oaks for acorns and just looking for any fresh sign or acorns dropping and i didn't really see much the first half of the morning um till about nine o'clock I ended up jumping four deer, didn't really see what they were, if they had horns or anything, and um, I sat there for half an hour after I jumped them, I changed the batteries in the GoPro, and 
ate a sandwich that I was going to give them an hour, just like let them know I wasn't like following them. And then, yeah, I just started moving along again and not even 70 yards later, I think it might've been one of the four deer. Uh, I jumped cause I get kind of headed in that direction. Um, I jumped them again at like 10 yards and I kind of gave him the old Meh. Of yep. course he stopped at 15 yards. Um, I never changed the sight on my bow. So, so you were shooting a single pin. I was yep. shooting a single pin, and it was set to 30, and he was at like 15, so I ended up hitting him right in the back strap. But it didn't really phase him much because he didn't really know what I was or what was going on. And he ended up running like another 15 yards, and gave him the old mer again, and he stopped again. Yep. And I slung a second arrow and smoked him that time. It's wicked footage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's not a big buck, but you know, it was the first time for me. First buck out of state. First buck with a bow. Um, full velvet. First buck in full velvet. First buck full on film. Yeah. So a lot of firsts. So yep. it's not huge, but I'm I'm proud of it. So Yeah. Do you have any uh, like takeaways from the day that you like really learned? Um, I went into the day telling myself I wasn't going to set up unless I was on some like killer sign. Yep. Like, I'd rather put on eight miles just scouting than climbing yep. a tree and hope for the best. That was my plan. Um, I know when I jumped the deer, I kind of figured I was starting to get into, like, the food and the bedding areas. So that's kind of when I, like, put the brakes on and I gave them an hour, like I said, and slowly started moving on again. Right. Yeah. No, that's cool that you had the wherewithal to – like slow down like that yeah. with a bow in your hand and, and actually think about it like almost like a tracking situation. You know, a lot of guys with a bow in their hand would have just kept on walking cause they're like, ah, I'm never going to have a chance to shoot this deer off the ground, you know? And, uh, I think it's pretty cool that you slowed down, gave him an hour, kept going and then you caught him looking basically. Yeah. Like I said, it was, it was nine o'clock. Um, the way they blew out of there, they didn't like really, it wasn't like a hard spook. Like the wind was in my favor. I think they just saw me come up over the finger. Right. And they just booked it. But they didn't blow. It was kind of like a trot, not like full sprint. Right. So I figured if I just gave them an hour that they would forget I was there. And I still had the wind in my face, so it worked. Yeah, no, it, I I remember I was actually getting ready for my buddy's wedding when you uh, – when you Snapchatted me the video, you're like, I just did a buck. You're like, you're yeah. like shaking and stuff. I was so fired up. Um, I wish I could have been there to, to experience it with you, but you'll definitely never forget that one. Oh no. It was, it was the first time, like I said, for a lot of things. And I set out that morning saying like, I wasn't going to shoot anything bigger than a spike horn, um, or the biggest lone doe I see. Right. And he just happened to be in the way. So <laughs> yeah. he got the old arrow the old v3 yep what are your uh plans for kind of the remainder of the deer season um it's still early um our season opens up saturday so october week. 1st yeah, october yep. 1st so um i'm i haven't really figured it out yeah i might go over back to new hampshire or i might stay here and just try shooting a doe or another small buck yep or the first buck that walks by and that's i'm kind of go for a basket rack now um, just cause I've already shot one. I got meat in the freezer. So I'm not like, I have like two fours on my property that I think I'm going to save Yep. for my fiance. Yep. But, That's cool. Yeah. So another thing, um, I'd like to note that you are going to be filming for my YouTube channel this year. Yep. So you're all set up. You got a GoPro and I know you're serious about it because you just yeah. shot one on film. So that'll be on the YouTube channel real soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, you're going to bring a really cool perspective to the page, you know, because a lot of the things, you know, if you track one down and shoot it, I mean, yeah. that's going to be your first. Yeah, it will. You know, I've, I've tracked for, I want to say about five years now, but it was kind of like half fast tracking, you know, like it was two miles on the track and I was like, oh, I'm never going to catch this thing. So I'm going back to the camp to drink some beer. <laughs> yeah. So now that I have like a new, like you got to work for it, like yep. you got to earn it. Like, yep. It's you're in Vermont. It's the hardest hunting. Yep. So I don't know if the Maine guys will like that comment, but <laughs> I can tell you I've hunted Maine for 
seven years now and you can cross a lot more 200 pound tracks up there than you can here that's true and it's pretty flat there that's true up where we would go yeah yeah yep you want all maine but yeah you want to talk some about your experiences in maine like what area you'd go to up there and kind of um that whole ordeal yeah we go up just up past jackman i'm sure a lot of people know the area Mm -hmm. um we've been going up there for the last for me seven years and the couple of guys we've been with like 15 years um they've been going up there yeah and we just started going up there because our neighbors went up there so we went up with them and i i kind of fell in love with it up there it's hard hunting i'm not saying it's it's easier than in vermont because i've still never shot a buck up there yep but um i've had a lot more opportunities there than i have here yep i think a lot of that opportunity thing too though is you've just spent a lot more time hunting there than you have in vermont probably yeah because like here it's kind of like well you know you work with me Mm -hmm. you're working you only have weekends to hunt and that's the only time like i'm in a hunting cabin dedicating time to go hunting is that thanksgiving week when you go to maine yeah so you're true there yeah so you start putting in more time being that serious around here and I'm sure the opportunities are going to come, especially after the New Hampshire buck you just shot. That just probably instilled a lot of confidence in you, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah, wicked. You know, you can do it. Yeah. You know? Before I was, I would told you it was crazy to shoot one from the ground as yep. a new bow hunter, but um, I also had this thing in the back of my head is a lot of times when I'm scouting in like September, um, August is like I've you jump a buck and it stands right there. Yep. So in my head, I was like, I'd rather just walk around and find good sign and almost like scout more than I would. Like getting up in a tree. Yeah. I think a lot of people screw up there and they, they just like go into a piece of woods real quick and and try to get into a tree. And they feel like if they're not in a tree, they're not like in the game. And that's just not the case. Yeah. I, I heard, I was listening to this one guy talking one time and he was saying like, he won't get up in a tree unless he's a hundred percent certain that that's like the freshest sign he can find. Yep. And that kind of stuck with me. I was like, why are you sitting somewhere that you're just gonna twiddle your thumbs and hope for a deer? Like you might as well sit in a spot. You like, there's a good, there's a deer going to show up here, you know? Right. You want to be confident in your yeah. spot if you're going to dedicate time. Yeah. Yep. No, that's smart, man. You keep, you keep doing that. You're going to be on a lot of, a lot of bucks, yeah. but. Um, so we can transition a little bit into, so what other things, uh, do you like to do in the outdoors? Like other kind of hunting? Um, I love to rabbit hunt. I have two beagles. Me and Isaac run rabbits all the time. Um, love to turkey hunt. Um, I've been goose hunting, duck hunting a couple times. I think it's really fun. It just kind of interferes with bow hunting. So right, you yep. gotta pick your battles there. Yep. So you said you kind of grew up rabbit hunting, didn't you? Yeah. I, I rabbit hunted way before I deer hunted way, way before. So do you think that's helped you out a lot with your like woodsmanship kind of skills and stuff like that? Like starting at such a young age, chasing around rabbits with the beagles? Yeah. I mean, it like instilled the love of hunting and love of just being outdoors. Yep. Um, either with his friends or a dog or yep. a rifle, you know, it's just... It, nothing better than being outside and it taught you how to shoot at running critters too yeah i, I still miss that deer all the time yeah <laughs> <laughs> i can hit a rabbit like no tomorrow no i think i think that's cool i kind of grew up rabbit hunting too with one of my buddies and we had actually gone together when we were real young yeah you i remember the dog yeah that's that's a funny story actually <laughs> do you want to tell that story oh uh, you tell it you almost killed the dog okay so my buddy mike had two <laughs> rabbit dogs and one of them was kind of a bold in China shop and the other one was kind of like timid acting and whatnot. Well, Michael had a leash that was like forked at the end and had two hooks on it. And I had both of the beagles hooked together and it was after a long day and they were kind of tired. So they were behind me and I'm like walking along, walking along. Well, I look back after a few minutes and Sadie, the kind of timid dog was dragging behind Pip yeah. And I'm like, what the heck's going on? Well, I guess Sadie had kind of like laid down or tried to lay down and yeah. Pip just started pulling her, dragging yeah. her. And literally the dog was like, it was dead. 
Yeah. Like we listened to her chest, dude, no heartbeat. She wasn't breathing. She was not breathing. I don't mean that Isaac almost killed the dog. I like saying he did just because it's funny, but no, like the other dog was just pulling it. Yeah. She was done for the day. Um, yep. So the dog was dead, and I started doing chest compressions and breathing in the dog's nose, and the dog came back to life. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And we had to call his dad, and he was not happy. Yep. Probably the last time we rabbit hunted together. <laughs> <laughs> the dog lived. Yeah. The dog lived. Oh, she still ran rabbit still, hard after that. Yep, she did. It was she just, just took a little nap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, I think, like, woodsmanship in general, I think a lot of guys want to get into hunting later in life, and that's cool. I think it's great. But it takes a lot longer for them to kind of get those wood woodmanship skills that woodsmanship skills like you or i or people that started hunting when they were like six or seven even being just rabbits you learn to just observe or you know be aware of your surroundings in the woods yeah no for sure like i said i was kind of a fair weather uh deer hunter my dad loved rabbit hunting and squirrel hunting so i did a bunch of that growing up but it was more like deer season came around. It's like you sat in the rock pile for the weekend. You just hope for the best. Right. And, I mean, my grandfather's killed a lot of big deer that way, but I just can't. I've never been the one to sit still. I can't do it. Yeah, no, man. You got all the recipes to be, you know, a good deer hunter. You you yeah. like to move around. It's in this area. You like to move around. You can do 10 miles a day. You know, you're curious. That's, that's a big thing. Yeah. You well, know? It's just like. I think the day it kind of all like clicked for me is Isaac took me bow hunting for like the first time and he was dragging me up. I won't name the mountain, but he was dragging me up this mountain and we're like halfway up and I was like, man, it seems like a pretty good spot. And Isaac's like, nope, got to keep going. We pass another spot. I'm like, once again, this looks like a great spot. He's like, nope, got to keep going. And then we finally came into some scrapes and hookings and it just looked like a a deer or two were living there, you know, bachelor bucks, whatever. And we set up there. And next thing you know, and probably half an hour later, here comes little forky four pointer. And I was like, holy crap, this is my first time bow hunting. This is kind of cool. Next thing you know, he's, he was what? 90 yards. Yeah. He was ways. Yeah. 90 yards. And he, he started hooking a tree and making a scrape. And it was the first time I've ever seen that. And it was just kind of cool. And I was like, all right, so maybe you just, that's kind of where I like get the sign from. I like looking for the sign. Not yep. Just setting up where I would have used to set up. Right. Yeah. No, just knowing to push further and yeah. to not be satisfied with a spot until you're truly confident in it. Yeah. But yeah, I remember seeing a light bulb go off in your head that night where you were like, you can do this. Yeah. Like it is possible. You can find them and, and hunt them. Well, usually if I would have saw a buck at 90 yards with a rifle, it was dead. And to like have the patience and like actually watch the deer. It's, it's kind of cool. You kind of learn something. Bow hunting, you mean? Yeah, yep. bow hunting. Yep. Yeah, no, bow hunting is... I don't think a ton of guys that track, per se, bow hunt for some reason. I think a lot of guys It's in the Northeast, it's bow hunting's... You know, especially Big Woods hunters, I don't think they really bow hunt much just because, I mean, let's face it, Big Woods bow hunting is pretty darn hard. The deer are yeah. far and few between and pretty nomadic. But we're kind of lucky in the area that we live, you know, southern Vermont, that there is some, like, you know, good oak ridges and stuff, yeah. smaller woods where you can really bow hunt and see a lot of deer. I still try to bow hunt big woods. It just doesn't work out that good. But, um, you know, we can and we can run over to New Hampshire, you know, southern to central New Hampshire, and there's still some deer, so you can, you can actually bow hunt. But yeah. those guys up in, like, northern Maine or northern New Hampshire and Vermont – Man, it must be tough. Those woods are so yeah. thick, and the bucks just don't they, – they're unpatternable because they don't have, like, you know, like a steady food source. You know, they're mostly just browsing on cuts and stuff. But Yeah, and this, I mean, also the sign's not like it is here. Um, they might have heavier deer. But, right. like, here they like to let, let down, like, a lot more sign. Up there you might find hooking, you might find a scrape, you might find a signpost, but here you can – you can almost find on any mountain. Right. That's right. Yeah. No. And you know, another thing about the area that we live in, we're pretty lucky because we can drive like 20 minutes and hunt like 
wilderness. Yeah. Big country. Drive an hour, hunt New Hampshire. Yeah, New yeah. New York, Massachusetts. Yeah, we can go all around. But, like, just in our, like, hometown, we can hunt wilderness. And then we can also hunt, like, straight ag country. Yeah. Like, small woods, farms. Like, you know, there's not a lot of places where you get that mix. Oh, yeah. You know, I think that's why this area uh, produces some pretty great deer hunters because of the diversity of the hunting that you can do you know you can hunt the wilderness you can hunt the farms and swamps and stuff like that and it's not just all one you know one thing yeah you could uh you're a jack of all trades almost yes yeah that's right yeah i know some deer hunters in this area that i would put up against anyone in the country yeah you know there's some guys right around within an hour of where we live like there, you know, a lot of guys fly under the radar, but there's some serious deer yeah. hunters. There's, yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why our hunting, I sometimes think that's why our hunting is kind of poor because the deer hunters are too good. Yeah. And they just shoot all the bucks by the time they're, you know, two year old six points or whatever. But yeah, I think the one buck rule is really going to help because Vermonters have this way. If it's legal, it's going down and you, you got a lot of good hunters that can find a lot of little bucks and they're just never going to get big if that's yeah that's that's kind of what i'm saying and it's funny how like deep-rooted deer hunting in this area is like everybody yeah and then you got to like the killer killers yeah i mean i consider you one of them you got some no you got some big heads on your wall like no well there's there's guys way better than i am just that fly under the radar yeah i know you're up there though i mean we we had the benoits like just some absolute deer killers. Yep. No, I I think it it really is something to say about the area and the you know the the difficulty and you know the terrain. I think it just makes for for good deer hunters. I think the same yeah. thing about New Hampshire, like just right over the border, like central New Hampshire is kind of the same way as it is here. Just I think there's a lot more woods over there, so maybe yeah. you know it gives deer a chance to get a little bigger but yeah the northeast has some killers i mean they have an attitude that whatever it takes to get it done that's just what it takes yep do you uh do you ever want to like go out to like ohio or pa or something like that i would love to um i don't think i would ever like dedicate my life to it going out there like i know a lot of people who got fed up with the hunting up here and it was a lot easier down in illinois or ohio to bow hunt down there so they love going down there but um i would love to try it see if it's what the hype's about but then again there's nothing like hunting vermont to me it's just no it's, it's cool your hometown yeah it's funny how a lot of vermonters are like that they're like yeah i'll go out west but i still want to hunt in this area there's very few guys that i've met that have like just written off vermont you know it's something about being your home state and like really being proud of when you shoot a buck because you know how hard it is yeah and i've been out to ohio quite a bit when i was younger i think i went like eight years or something like that mostly uh bow hunting a few times shotgun hunting and um we used to do a weekly lease on this farm i don't know if that's how you describe it or not basically you paid the farmer you got a cabin in his land to hunt for one week and looking back at it it probably wasn't the best decision for the hunting group because that property was rented out basically every week of the deer season it was pounded you know by the time that we got to it usually and i think a lot of the times i remember hunting the edges of the property because that's where all the deer were they were on the neighboring properties but um if i was to go back again i think i would try to hunt like big national forest pieces down there in the southern part of ohio i think you can get into some big woods and you know imagine if we went down there and hunted like we do up around this area we'd probably get into some bucks yeah i'm probably some real good ones yeah, too you know when, absolutely. when we have more time in life we definitely should make a point of it i mean i would love to do the pennsylvania thing too yeah pennsylvania looks beautiful beautiful and beautiful. i mean I think a lot of Vermonters do real well when they go down in those areas because like, yeah, the country's big and stuff, but you just don't have to work as hard to find a mature buck down there. I mean, from what I hear, I mean, I haven't been to Pennsylvania, but 
from what I can tell and what I've heard from guys that have hunted it, you know, you, you really don't have to go that far on public land to get away from people and find good bucks. Yeah. And that, and the other fact is like, I've been down there, you know, traveled to Pennsylvania a lot and it's not unlikely to see a 130 inch buck standing in the field. Right. Up here. That's like one, you won't see that very often. Like I, I don't think I've ever seen a 130 inch buck, maybe one or two in a field in Vermont, like you, I that that could be like a once in a lifetime. That's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't like they do, a lot. They do exist, but they're usually in areas where there's not fields. Yeah, they're in the middle of Timbuktu. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of sad in our area. I think a lot of big bucks get shot illegally. Oh, oh. And you, I've, I've said this multiple times. Vermont doesn't have big deer for three reasons. We don't have the food. Too many poachers, and. There's a third reason, but I don't really remember what it was. <laughs> well, the first two are pretty yeah. good reasons to not have a lot of deer. I don't. I think the one buck rule though is definitely going to help out a lot. Yeah. I mean, even just in our hometown, we've seen a lot more bucks because usually, if a guy in Vermont is shooting one buck, there's a good chance he's a guy that's going to shoot two. Yeah. Almost every year. Same with turkeys down here. I mean. Yeah. People just go out opening day, fill their tags, and throw them in a plastic bag and don't report them. Yeah. And people want to wonder why the turkey hunting is going downhill. It's just like shooting them all. You can't If you take four toms out of a woods and there's only seven, what do you expect? There's not much left, you know? Yep. No, I, I totally agree. It's I feel like hopefully – I feel like our younger generation, though, is definitely a lot better. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think so, 100%. You know, because we, like, seem to – I don't want to generalize. I know there's a lot of older guys that – They're absolute killers. Yeah, and and obey the laws and everything. But what I'm saying is it just seems like the younger generation, from what I can tell, is doing things more by the book. You know, I think the YouTube stuff's really helping. You know, guys are seeing, okay, you know, if I don't shoot every buck, I could have some good bucks, you know, or – if I don't, you know, kill the first three pointer I see every time, you know, he could grow up. And so I think just maybe the education's a little better than it ever has been. And I remember my third one, third one was the two buck law and that. Oh yeah. yeah. So yep. that's why it's not, it's not, a bad I mean, one. think about Ohio yeah. is a one buck state. Like yeah. most of the really good states are one buck They're states. They're one buck or they have the food to hold. Well, they always have been. Like yeah. I'm pretty sure Iowa's always been a one buck state. So I remember growing up, it wouldn't be unusual to drive past a meadow and see a hundred deer in a meadow in the night. But the last time I was talking to a game warden, they said they switched it to the whole one buck law because I mean, in the three does, it's because they were finding deers starving in yards. They didn't have the food to hold them. So it's like, why let them suffer? You might as well just keep enough to, like, have a healthy population. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd say we definitely have, like, a healthier population yeah. now. There's not an overabundance of deer, but. Yeah, if we just get them to log, we might have something. Yeah, I know, right? That's that's one thing that we don't have much of is logging. It's like you go over to New Hampshire and there's just logging everywhere. Go up to Maine. Logging. Go up to Maine, logging everywhere. everywhere. Well, those guys even complain about too much logging. Yeah, well, they slaughtered some of it. Like, they just cut everything. There's not yeah. a six-inch tree bigger than anywhere. And the deer need that diversity. Absolutely. They need the little bit of this, little bit of that, and that's what creates the edge and – where we hunt up in uh, northern Maine, I know of, I think, six oak trees. That's it. Yeah, there's not a six. lot of acorns up there, huh? No. I don't even think the deers eat them because they're just like, they can't rely on it. They might try it as like a snack, but like there's only six on this ridge. Yep. Everywhere else I hunted, I haven't found one. No kidding. I wonder if there was some up there back in the day and they cut them all or... Mark used to say that when he hunted up there in, I, I think it was the 70s, it they used to have them on there camp was, road. There was oaks? Yeah. So they cut them all. Yeah, they, they slaughtered that whole northern. Like, the, you, if you find, there's a lot of, like, six-inch trees up there. You don't find yeah. much bigger than six to eight-inch trees. That's now, it. from what I can tell, it seems like the deer hunting was the best up there kind of when they had cut, like, half of it off. Yeah. 
so there was like still that like mature stuff but then the deer hunting still it's not it's i would i don't know how to put it it's not terrible up there now but it was a lot better seven years ago when i first started right like so even in your time that you've hunted there yeah because i mean a lot uh, i think the cuts get older and the deer move Mm -hmm. um but when i was there there was like a bunch of five to seven year old cuts and it seems like you would cross four 200 pound tracks on camp road and now we're driving 20 but another thing too is you guys shot a bunch of 200 pounders there didn't you um and uh, there was like a three-year span that between the people who stay in camp before us and our camp, there was six taken off there in, I think, three years. And, I mean, that'll do it, too. Yeah. You kill you kill all the older bucks in an area, and there's not going to – that age class just isn't going to exist. Yeah. I mean, one year we were up there, and um, my buddy Leo and my buddy Parker, they both shot 200-pounders in the same day. Right on the road that the camp's at, right? Yeah, right. We cut the track right on the road and went. Both were shot off camp road. Yep. One was 206, another was 212, I think, 213. And, you know, another reason why I think, um, well, I don't think, but I, a lot of the big bucks that get killed in Maine, from what I've noticed, are, like, headed to yards. Yeah. Like, guys know where the yards are, and when the snow gets deep, they basically like hunt the edges of the yards and that's where a lot of those big boys are getting killed. We were, me and Leo were uh, up there tracking the bucks together last year and we came to this wicked wide runway and it's where all the deer were heading to the yard. There's three tree stands on that. On that trail. Yeah. Yeah. So the guys know. They know that once they start yarding, they're going to come down that trail and they get whacked. Yeah. Come down to that trail or start coming into yards and, if you sit there long enough, you know, you're going to have your chance. Yeah, because the the country up there is just endless where they could be. I mean, up it's there so in the winter, endless. you can literally feed them out of your hands. Yeah, because they come to the yard. Yeah. And, yeah. and, the, I, and they're like civilized. I mean, like people will feed them up there. So I've had deer up there eat on my corn out of my hand. Like literally come right out of my hand eat corn. That's crazy. It, when you were up there snowmobiling, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is. I've never, I don't see that happening in Vermont. No, because I mean, there are areas where they yard in Vermont, but they just, I was talking about this the other day to somebody. It seems like in Vermont, all they have to do is just kind of like dump down off a ridge and they're down in a little valley out of the weather almost. Not completely out of the weather, but it's not like detrimental to them surviving. Yeah. Where it is in Maine, if they get caught 20 miles back, they're screwed. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've been up there and they've had, and that was probably the worst year deer hunting. the year after that is they had nine feet of snow all winter long and the See, log trucks were, weren't stopping for the deer. They were killing them. They were dying in the yards from starvation, See, the coyotes. That's why they have to yard. Yeah. We don't get nine feet of no, snow. <laughs> we don't. You know? And that's, I mean, well, that seems to be a big a big way guys kill them up there. Yeah. I mean, you have your, your trackers up there and they're good. Yep. yep. And then you have the people who like we have here, they sit on a rock every day until that buck walks by and they get it. There are, have you noticed up in that area that you guys hunt in Northern Maine, the, the racks don't really get huge. It seems like. No, not. Uh, I think the biggest one I've seen come out of there was like one thirty nine. Is that what Leo's was? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you remember 139 but, inches yeah. yeah but yeah it doesn't seem like they get like those big giant racks up they'll there. grow them every once in a while but they're mostly just big body like 110 inch eight points i've seen 280 get reported 260s um seven years ago the first year i was up there they had i want to say 56 deer reported yep and their average weight was 206 wow yeah that's a good year huh yeah and then some years they have good winners, and some years they have bad winners. It is what it is. Yeah. Do you think you're going to go back up this year? I think so. You are? Yeah. Go back up. Are you going to go for the rifle or the muzzleloader? I, I don't know yet. Um, I've come close so many times up there. I just need to seal the deal. I think I'm feeling this year. It's It's got to be this year. 
You seem confident. Yeah, it's going to be this year. You know the thing up there, though, is you just need the snow. Yeah. it's it. It's. I probably won't go up if it's no snow. Dude, it is tough up there with no snow. Yeah. I mean, you can do it. Don't get me wrong. And if you had, like, six weeks, I guess, like, yeah. like or five weeks or however long the season is. Is it six weeks? I don't even Five know. weeks? I don't know. I can't remember. But uh, you just need time with no snow it seems like every time i've been up you get like one day out of thanksgiving week where it's good tracking maybe yeah you know and then it's hard up there i mean everything's very very thick it's it's hard up there with no snow and you can't pattern them no no i've seen very very little buck sign up there you know i found a couple good signposts and stuff but you don't see the like trees tore up all over the place that's what i'm saying that's where when we were talking about bow hunting, mm-hmm. I don't know how they do it up there with no sign. I mean, I guess but sit on a clear cut and hope they come close enough because that's what their main food is. I could see maybe cut. bow hunting on a signpost. Yeah. But man, you'd sit there early a long time and see nothing. Early for the- season, you'd be lucky if they're coming to it. Yeah. Maybe like November 1st, you might be lucky. Yeah. So I've seen on the signpost that I've run cameras on, it seems like that early November, late October yeah. time period. You could probably bow hunt a good signpost. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But it would definitely suck because you'd sit there for like days and not see anything. The main up there is you're, you'll see more moose than you see deer. There is so many moose oh, up yeah. there. The first There's, year when I went up, I saw two deer and I saw about 12 moose. Moose are so dumb. Yeah, they're stupid. They're so stupid. dumb. <laughs> you could literally shoot them in the paddle and they would just stare at you and be like, what happened? Yeah. No idea. Yep. Cool. Yeah, they, I swear, unless they get spookier during moose season, I don't see how moose hunting could be that challenging. Because I've walked up on more big bulls yeah. deer hunting where they literally look at you like, oh, what's this, you know, and then. Well, a lot of moose hunters up there, they just put on 150 miles on the roads until they see one 100 yards off. They'll get out of the truck. You can shoot from the road there. Yep. And they just shoot it because who wants to drag a moose through that crap? So they right. try getting it within 100 yards from the road. I wonder if you can pack out a moose in Maine. I would assume you can. That's a hard drag. I mean, you'd have to. You wouldn't be dragging it, I you don't think. You'd have to get horses, yeah. Yeah. So I would assume you could pack it out. I'm pretty excited about, um, I want to do some hunting over in the Adirondacks this year, and I'm going to hopefully be packing out a buck. Yeah. You know, I got a buddy who's kind of teaching me how to do it, and uh, I think that's going to be nice peace of mind knowing you know if you're way out on some ridge you know miles and miles back that okay if i shoot one i'm not going to be totally screwed i can i can pack them out and be out of here in the same day you know absolutely it's just you your luck you're gonna shoot one 206 uh, seven miles back yeah if it's not coming (laughs) if it's close to 200 pounds i think i am going to try to get it out whole just because of the magical 200 pound number but if if I can just look at it and tell it's like 150, 160, you're pack you're it out. You shot in mass this year. Now thinking about it, I would have backpacked that out. You would have yep. just to save the cape. Yeah, that's true. No, that's smart. I'm not that positive. Season, you don't have to worry about the horns falling off. That's true. Yep, you're right. I but I'm not positive you're allowed to pack them out there, so you can report you, them online. You can report them on your line. And you can cut them up. The second you get home, why can't you cut it up in the woods? I mean, you don't have to take it in anywhere. I know two years ago. Yeah, you're right. I, I just don't know if there's some like loophole law where they say you can't. But I know, like, I think it was two years ago, I shot a buck and I reported it yeah. while I was still in the woods and started dragging it out. Like, I just reported it right off, right on my phone and yeah. then started dragging. And if I saw another one, I was going to shoot it. Yeah. So, because you can shoot two down there. But it's the thing. It's like if if it's already already like reported, you don't have to take it to anybody. Why do you have to show anybody? Why can't you cut it up? No, I. You're right. You and should. If, you should if be able to. There's not a law saying you can't. I wouldn't imagine that. If there's not a law saying you can't, there's not a law saying you can. It's, right. Yep. Yeah. You're right. I, I if know. that's the case, and I do some research, I'm definitely gonna be packing bucks out in mass, because let me tell you, those ridges down there. Are can be kind of gnarly. Yeah. And if you I, can pack them out, boy. Woof. I know your New Hampshire buck was close, 
I'd love to backpack that one out. <laughs> so I don't think you can no, pack them out. No, you can't, but I'm saying, like, that would have been... See, the, I thought he was over 200. I know, we did. Yeah, so... It was that clown foot, you know, he was tricking yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, he Looked was like tricking he us. 260 on the hoof. Yeah, no, he definitely had the biggest track I've probably ever seen size-wise. And he, he looked like a big deer. I think he was just short. Yeah, he was short. Just a short mountain buck. He was buck. stocky, but he was short. Yep, missed it by six pounds, or five and a half pounds. But he uh, also sat in the bed of my truck all night yeah. because we couldn't get him out in time to a reporting station that night. So who knows? Maybe he lost a couple pounds. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Some people say, depending on the deer, it can lose five pounds. It could lose eight pounds. Um, you never know. Yeah, no, you never know. We'll never know. Never know. He wasn't 200. That's all that matters. No. You have to keep working for that patch. Yep, that's right. I know. And I've had... Tough luck in Maine as well as you. I missed one in 2019. I didn't go back in 2020, but last fall, I caught on the last day, I caught one bedded. I was tracking, and all I could see was his ass end, and he was covered in snow, and it was a real big buck, but I just couldn't see his head. And when I was trying to get a look at his head, he winded me. And as soon as he winded me, he ran like 100 yards and started walking again. I gave him time, whatnot. And uh, that buck would walk with the wind at his back, like yeah. down in the bogs for the rest of the day. And I, every time I'd get close to him, he'd wind me and run 100, 150 yards and start walking again. Yeah. And he was just real smart like that where I just couldn't – I couldn't loop around him. I tried a couple times. He was just staying down in these boggy, nasty crap. But, you know, I, I got I to gotta go back up there eventually yeah. and seal the deal. Yeah, I've learned up there it's – it's hard hunting. Um, the deer are smart because 95% of the deer you track have been tracked before. Yep. Um, they they know. They do these things. I've found a lot of deer will pull a J-hook on you. Yep. Um, before they bed. Yep. I found a lot of deer that I've jumped. They'll do a big loop and then go wait for you where you started them. Yep. You never know what they're going to do, so it's hard to predict what they're going to do, but they... They've definitely played the game before. Yes. Yep. That's why I'm kind of excited about the Adirondacks because a part of me thinks the size of the country over there, like you can get into some serious wilderness areas. You get back four, five, six miles, yeah. get on a good buck track. He might not have ever been chased around before by a person. You know, you might really get into something special, but. Yeah. How are those e-bikes going to snow? Uh, they go pretty good. I've never ridden one, but I don't know if you can use an e-bike in the Adirondacks. I'm not sure because it's all hiking trails. Yeah. You know, it's not like logging roads and stuff like Vermont, New Hampshire, because I know like Vermont, New Hampshire, you can take bikes on like old wood roads legally, but over in the Adirondacks, I don't think you can maybe you can but they're all just that would be a game changer yeah oh for sure get four miles back cut a track and just go yeah the only problem is you'd have to go back and get your bike at the end of the day or the next day or the next day (laughs) yeah yeah no i want one bad for around here can you imagine around here like some of the like old wood roads that are closed i know to motorized vehicles we were at huntstock and they're having this raffle for a bike and they also had these uh vortex binoculars i really wanted same yep. one guy won both of them <laughs> i was like man i was really hoping that was me yep well i don't want to spend the five grand whatever yeah. it is they're expensive yeah i know like good ones are like five grand to six grand maybe more yeah they're not cheap for sure you gotta i guess i just haven't justified the buying one yet just because i love to hike and i think it keeps me in shape too i can see myself starting to get a little lazier if i have one of those bikes because a lot of these areas that i'm hunting you could get way back in on a bike oh yeah it saved you a lot of time man for scouting and stuff i'm see i'm like talking myself into it right now (laughs) but and especially like where i was hunting up in new hampshire it was a bunch of hiking trails and uh biking trails and you think it's the worst thing in the world this guy's going through the woods on his bike with a bell and a dog and it's like come on man really but at the end of the day they see that every day they're not really worried about that it's true so yeah if you find a place like that yep cruise on you could probably pull up right on them probably i wonder if it's legal to shoot off a bike 
Is that a gray area law? I think it's just motor vehicle. Maybe. Just rolling through the woods on a bike. I mean, it's a bike. You just open your legs and it drops. You're good. You're off of it. True, true, <laughs> true. Yeah. Uh, but I doubt you could ride with a gun loaded. That's probably your gray area. Yeah, probably. I don't know any of those laws, really. It's yeah. funny. Some of those laws are they're going to have to start making them as the technology comes out. Like, I know. Yeah. The cell cell cams are like a big topic right now, and states are making laws. And I'm waiting for the dro- uh, drone laws to come out. Oh yeah, the drone laws. Yeah. That's a good point because people are using those things to find deer and moose. I've, moose mostly. I've seen people use it for because this was two years ago. Maybe they changed it in the last two years. But when I was up there, I was like, "What's the law on drones?" And they're like, "It has to get back to your vehicle before you go after the moose." That's the only law. That kind of seems almost like cheating in a way. Yeah, because moose they in don't go cuts. far, and they're dumb. And you, it, well, you fly up over a bunch of big cuts on a mountainside, and oh, there's a bull. Yeah, go in there, and that's crazy. I never thought of that. It's something to think about, but like I, I couldn't do it. Like no, it yeah, like it's cheating. But yeah, people are gonna start doing it. Yeah, maybe you're the one giving him the idea, Jake. <laughs> hey. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What do you think of cell cams? Do you, do you, what's your stance on that whole front? I used to love them, but the two years I've been bow hunting, I found it's hurt me more than it's did me good. Why so? Because sometimes in the back of your head, you're like, okay. I'm going to hunt here. And last minute, you're like, okay, I worked a little late. I can't hunt here. Boom. Cell camera goes off where you're going to hunt. It, it mentally gets to you. Oh, yeah. It mentally, and like, you say it all the time, confidence is everything. Oh, yeah. And if you're just having a crappy season, you're just thinking about sitting at a stand, and then next thing you know, you can't sit there because you're at work, and then here comes the buck, it really rags on you. And yeah. You, like drives you crazy. Because yeah. I remember last year you offered, you're like, you want to go mass with us? I was like, fuck that. I'm done hunting. Sorry. I swear. <laughs> like, I'm done hunting. I can't take anymore. I missed a buck in Maine. Um, I passed a couple in bow seasons that you're starting to regret that you passed. Yep. Um, it really rags on you. Yep. And you were just done at that point. Yeah. I was done. Mentally done. Mm-hmm. And a lot of who says that's all like game, uh, cell cameras, but. It happened to me three times last year where I'm like, I'm hunting this stand. Something came up, couldn't do it. So I was like, all right, I don't have the hour to get there now, so yep. I'm just going to go hunt this spot. Yep. You settle. Yep. Next thing you know, ba-dink. Yep. You ready to smash your phone and smash the camera. And oh, just yeah. Like, Done. Yep. No, I hear you. It is very frustrating. I just love it when I'm, you know, under a sink working on a leaky faucet or something yeah. and then all of a sudden i get a in my pocket yeah. i go to reach my phone i look and there's a big old racker right in the area yeah. that i would have been if i wasn't working and it's and like you go oh. saturday and he's nowhere to be found oh yeah man that happens all the time but, or uh, yeah i just well, right i think it screws a lot of guys is they'll get a picture of a buck during the week and then they're like, oh, okay, like he's there, whatever. And, and he's not. Well, that's the thing. They go there that weekend, bucks nowhere to be found because they're cruising that time of year, usually yeah. looking for those, like rifle season. And what if the camera goes off and there's a buck on the camera and you're not there, you're too late. You're because too late. chances are he's just cruising through. He's looking for the next hot doe. It's, it's really hard to pattern. That's a, another place it really hurt me because it's really hard to pattern a deer in Vermont. Right. Early season, sure, you can do it. But once you start hitting October 1st, they're kind of separating. The velvet's off. Their mind's switched. And they're harder to pattern. Oh, yeah. not saying it can't be done. Right. But they're harder to pattern. And you you get that picture and you're like, yeah, I'm going there, right? Yep. It's going to be there. He's going to he's gonna walk by my stand. <laughs> That deer doesn't walk by until rifle season. Yep. When you're somewhere else. Like, you just. Right. And and when you're, dur- during the week, you get the picture of that buck. 
and you go to the spot where you got the picture of the buck because in your head you're like, oh, he's got to be there. I just got yeah. a picture of him. Instead of going over to that ridge that you really like the looks of, you know, that's where you would have yeah. went if you didn't get the picture. And if you would have went to that ridge, chances are he was probably going to be over there because he, you know, he was. And I've also found cell cameras make me lazier. They do. The first year I ran game cameras, I had all SD cards. I was walking a couple miles back, sending a game camera, walking a couple miles, checking the card. Yep. To, to maybe find this racker, maybe get disappointed. You never knew. That was like part of it. But now just sitting on your couch, getting, oh, nothing's here, nothing's here, nothing's here. Getting pictures, yeah. You, it, it plays with you mentally, and it's like I enjoy walking out two miles and checking the card. It's waiting, exciting. Waiting for that anticipation. Yep. Am I going to move this camera? Is there going to be a 160-inch buck on this camera? Like, what's out here, right? Yep. And cell camera is like, yeah, you get right on the time data, but it, it, I don't walk as much. I'm not as good shape for tracking, you know. Right, and it hurts your confidence. Yeah. Because, you know what, this time of year, you could not get a buck. So let's say we find, like, a really good scrape, you know. You put a cell camera on that really good scrape, and let's say it's October 23rd. It's a Saturday. Yeah. Where are you going to go? You're going to go to that spot where you've had a cell camera on since September 1st and not had a single big buck on it? Or are you going to go to the place where you've had a couple big buck on it? Well, guess what? You go to that place where you had a couple big buck on it, nothing shows. And yeah. that scrape, you know, that it's October 23rd, yeah. stuff is happening that time of year. There hasn't been a big buck there yet, but he's going to be there that night. And you're not going to be there because your confidence level is in the toilet. Yeah. Because you haven't got any game camera pictures of the dang yeah, thing. I'd rather <clears throat> carry my saddle out two miles to check a card than. Yep. And then you're there. Well, yeah. and you can hunt it. You're there. And if yep. you don't like it, then, oh, well, it's not here. It's 20 yards over there. Right. That's why I'm not getting pictures. Like, they're just yep. walking behind the camera. They're doing something that. Right. You move your camera, hang, or. Or he just hasn't been there yet. Yeah. That's that's the thing. You have to be there when they come through. You know, yeah. a lot of times, I really think, like, especially on a big scrape from what I've seen, a lot of times, bucks will hit it maybe two times a year, maybe three times a year, but that's it. So you got to be there. Yeah. And maybe only once during the daytime from what I've seen. You know, I, I'm sure other guys, you know, maybe hunt smaller woods. and, and You might get them coming off a mountain in the morning. And then they might be going back up in the night, but you just never know. Never know. All right, Jake. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. This was yeah. fun. Thanks this for having fun. me. Yeah, it was good. All right, man. Till next time. Till next time. Till next time.